there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week is a very special week because it is our 100th episode. Yay! And it's also an important episode because we are starting a brand new monthly movie series to get us through the end of the year. Yes. For our 100th episode, it is Indiana Jones. (gasps) And we are starting, of course, with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Released in 1981. Starring Harrison Ford. The legend. Of course. Um, This was actually the highest grossing film of 1981. And there are currently four films out and about in the Indiana Jones universe. Although there is a fifth film coming to us in 2022. And I'm a little scared about it. (laughs) I love Harrison Ford, but the man is very old (laughs) and should not be running around. like indiana jones anymore (laughs) well that's the thing when we get to four four was clearly meant to be oh we're moving on from harrison we're gonna restart the series with shia labeouf which again was a very bad decision but we're not there yet i don't i mean i haven't seen the movie so that's one that's the only indiana jones movie i haven't seen is the last one but i don't I don't hate Shia LaBeouf. I really don't have any strong feelings towards the man. So we'll see what happens when we get there. <laughs> right now we're going to focus on the good movies. <laughs> yes, we're going to focus on Raiders. I, I've, I've seen Raiders so many times. It, it's honestly a great movie all around. I I really have nothing to complain about with this movie. It's, I think, nearly perfect. I would agree with that, actually. Um, I didn't grow up with this movie. I actually saw it for the first time maybe like a few years ago. Uh, Just not for any particular reason, just because I never really watched it as a kid. But yeah, I'm glad that I got around to watching it eventually because it is an incredibly fun movie. It is very highly acclaimed. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Number 56 on the IMDb Top Movies. And... In 1999, it was added to the National Film Registry. So it is beloved, for sure. And another great thing that Harrison does in this movie, that even just watching this now, Indy isn't a superhero. Indy is more like the everyman. He's a college professor. He's smart. He gets his ass kicked constantly. Yeah, but I like that because I feel like both Indy and Marion in this movie seem like real people like they're badass but they also feel like real people honestly all his characters deckard gets his ass kicked a lot in the uh, fucking blade runner yeah that's true han han's the re- the scoundrel but han is like a fuck up a fuck up <laughs> i mean that's i the first thing i think of is that one scene where he's on the intercom uh everything's under control situation normal what happened uh had a slight weapons malfunction but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? This movie for Harrison Ford was right in between Empire Strikes Back and Blade Runner. So this was right in the sweet spot of his career. He actually did most of the stunt work himself, which is kind of crazy. 
Well, they made a fucking whole stunt show from it in Disney World. Yes, the Indiana Jones Stunt Show Spectacular. Of course, I made notes about that because I am a Disney nerd, as we all know. That was a live show at Hollywood Studios. Audience participation was encouraged. It opened back in 1989. And also, Indiana Jones has several novels, comics, games. There was a TV show, The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. So the franchise of Indiana Jones is widespread and clearly still beloved because they're making another fucking movie. <laughs> so... I think also part of that has to do with Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Oh, definitely. I mean, my God, when he enters in this movie, like his entrance, I just like, ha, swoon. (laughs) It it just, he gets the character. He's extremely charming, but he's also extremely like flying by the seat of his pants at all times. Yeah. He literally says that at one point in the movie. They're like, okay, what are you going to go and do? And he's like, I'm just making shit up as I go along. And he goes off. It's crazy to think we've talked about rebooting this so many times. Like, at one point, they were talking about rebooting it with Chris Pratt or Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have been mad about, I think. I I don't think I would have been mad either. I just... There's a reason I think Indy should probably be retired. Well, that's one thing that we were discussing quite a while ago when we first found out about the fifth movie coming out. We were trying to figure out between Scott and myself, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to... Scott thought that they were going to kill Indy off in this movie. I said no. But I think they'll... Either they'll bring Shia back and have him be the son or they'll recast the son character. Because I know that much about the fourth movie that Shia is his son with Marion. But like, I think they're going to have him like pass the torch. I don't think they're going to kill Indiana Jones because then if you do reboot it, if that's the plan to reboot it, then you can't call it Indiana Jones. So why would you even... Well, uh, as we learn in later movies, the Indiana Jones is a moniker. It is not his name. But still, it just feels weird to kill. Because we know Indiana Jones through all these movies now as Harrison Ford. And seeing as how also, not to to throw shade at Harrison Ford, but he's like 100 years old at this point. It would feel weird to kill him off (laughs) in the Indiana Jones movie. (laughs) Like, it just feels weird. Well, they killed him on Solo, so. Yes, but as I see, you made this point when we discussed it off mic. And I said then, what I'll say right now. Star Wars isn't called the Han Solo movie. (laughs) It's It's called Star Wars. So Indiana Jones, the whole fucking franchise is Indiana Jones. (laughs) You're you're right. Don't get me wrong. That is very true. There was an argument. There used to be a show called Movie Fights. And uh, they had to pitch at one point the next Indiana Jones movie. And I think it was Koi Jandru who pitched Short Round becoming... Yes, I remember watching this, and I was, like, very intrigued. The idea of Steven Yoon playing an adult short round... That would be so fun. And being like, fuck you, Indy, you dragged me around the world. And he kind of takes over the moniker of being Indiana Jones. Oh, you know it would be really cool if they did that, but, like, they go through the whole fifth movie, and then they have Indiana Jones, meaning Harrison Ford, retire, right? And then, like, the last scene of the movie... Steven Yun walks in a short round and it's like, and then and then uh, uh, the Harrison Ford's like, I got a job for you or something like that. And like, that's the movie. And they're like building up to a short round reboot or whatever. That would actually be sick. That would be cool. But uh, before we get into the good stuff here, let's get through some pre nitty gritty facts. 
Obviously, this movie was directed famously by Steven Spielberg, the man behind such classics as Jaws, Saving Private Ryan, E.T., which, by the way, this movie was written during the filming of E.T. The story was written by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman, and the script itself was written by Lawrence Kasdan, and that was actually the first of many scripts that he wrote for George Lucas. Uh, If you remember from our Star Wars episodes, we talked a lot about Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas teaming up for lots of Star Wars things. So this is the, the birth of that partnership. Of course, the score, the Oscar nominated score is composed by the great John Williams. It's a Grammy winning score for Indiana Jones. And let me tell you, it is iconic. (laughs) If you've never heard it, you have. I mean, unless you live under a rock, you've heard it. Even if you've never seen the movie, you know it. It's awesome. (laughs) But uh, this movie is not just a fun action movie. Oh, no, no, no. It is also an Oscar winning action movie. It won five Oscars and was nominated for nine total. It won four Best Art Direction, Best Sound, Best, we're going to talk about sound, by the way, sounds, lots of good stuff going on in here with that. Uh, Best Editing, Best Visual Effects, which is weird now if you think about it, but at the time, 1981, I'm sure it was pretty cool. (laughs) Well, actually, there there is still cool stuff in here that holds up, but some of it doesn't. We're going to talk about it. And also the movie won a special achievement award for sound editing by the amazing Ben Burt, who we've talked about before on our Star Wars episodes. He did all the sound work for Star Wars. So lots of good stuff going on here. And it was also nominated for best director and best picture which I didn't know until I did research but I was like wow I've because now a movie like Indiana Jones comes out does get sniffed no definitely not so it's like it's wild I think that this got so much Oscar love it's one of those movies that's a touchstone when you watch it like the first time you watch Indy you're like yeah that movie is amazing it's Empire Strikes Back it's Back to the Future Indiana Jones they're like cemented in everyone's minds for being such touchstones on pop culture as a whole yeah and it's crazy because like when i did watch it finally for the first time like i thought because i hadn't grown up with it and didn't have like those nostalgic ties to it that i wouldn't connect to it in the same way that scott does and other people i know but i really really loved it a lot and i wasn't expecting to love it as much as i did but i i watched the first one and then i immediately like almost back to back watched two and three because i was so like into the movies like he's he does a great job obviously everybody does a great job on the movie so i'm excited to talk about it and i'm excited that we rewatched it cuz i hadn't seen it in a little bit so i was happy to rewatch it again definitely definitely it, it's it's a fun watch if you haven't watched in a while just go throw on indiana jones So, Scott, are you ready to get into the nitty and the gritty? Yes, I am ready, my dear. So, we open up in the golden year of 1936. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so funny because you almost don't think of Indiana Jones as, like, a period piece. I, yeah, I agree with that. I actually don't think I knew going into the first time watching it that it was like set in the far far distant past like i knew there were nazis in it but like i, I just figured like oh they're like a fucking like off-brand faction of nazis that like just withstood from the past but no like we're legit in the past 
we are in the Peruvian jungle and we get the grand entrance of Indiana Jones. So Indiana Jones, who has inspired things like Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, Nathan Drake in Uncharted. Well, he's an archaeologist who is here for a golden idol and he is raiding this tomb using all his smarts and his wits. There's a plethora of booby traps and traps that look like boobies. Uh, he tries to make a sandbag the exact weight of the idol, so... Yeah, a lot of, a lot of infamous scenes in here. Um, I just loved, like, his first entrance where he's, like, in the shadows and he comes into the light and, like, the first thing you see isn't even him. It's his fucking whip. Just... Whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> oh, the whip is so iconic. Fucking motherfuckers up. <laughs> Actually, random point, uh, one of his lackeys is Alfred Marlena. Who, I feel like most people know him as Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, and I am I guess, no way home now. <laughs> uh, I haven't watched the trailer. I don't want to. You don't have to, trust me. I literally don't want to watch the teaser because I feel like I, I'm going to be disappointed. I want to go in blind as possible. <laughs> it, it spoiled way too much, that trailer, but still, it's just funny seeing him here. And then he gets killed by a booby trap, and you're like, oh, bye, Alfred Molina. Yeah, he gets spikes in the head. We get Indy running away from the giant boulder. Yes, another iconic scene. The boulder, believe it or not, Scott, it wasn't a real boulder. What? It was made of fiberglass. What? And the magic of Ben Burt is very present here. The sounds of the boulder rolling along towards Indy is actually just a car going down a gravel road. Nice. Huh. <laughs> it's always interesting what they use to make like certain sound effects. Yeah, it really is. Because like, certain things sound like, when you watch the movie, it just sounds so natural to the situation. But really, it's something totally different. But you've seen this scene. Everyone's seen the scene of Indy running away from the boulder. And da, 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 da. Just escaping narrowly as he runs into his arch nemesis, Belak. Ah, yes. Rival archaeologist who's played by Paul Freeman, who played Ivan Ooze in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. I'm the galactically feared, globally reviled, universally despised. They call me Ivan Ooze. Hey, man, it's money. (laughs) But um, he immediately steals the idol from Jones, and he tries to snatch up jones as well but he manages to escape via a waiting seaplane jock start the plane jock (laughs) oh what was funny in this too is when they take off uh we get an introduction to one of uh indiana jones most infamous quirks the man doesn't like snakes very much scott no he does not (laughs) there's a snake on this plane (laughs) there is jock has a snake on his plane which i feel like indy should have known that before you know jumping into this plane yeah like did he come here on the plane was the snake sleeping before i have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane but he doesn't get his idol and he flies all the way back to america ah yes he is a professor after all there's a weird moment in this class oh yeah it's very like fatal attraction-y indy's talking about like the neolithic times and archaeology and stuff and this random girl in the front row like blinks and she has love you written on her eyes it's very creepy (laughs) like we can tell you're into him by your dreamy look we don't need to have you writing 
creepy secret messages in your eyelids like it's weird i don't know but we get it guys we don't need to be told that harrison form is dreamy we already know we're very aware well it does give harrison the ability to kind of play off a little bit of indy's nerdiness because it totally flusters him yeah he is a bit of a nerd which everyone loves a cute nerd i certainly do i married one that is true but uh, these two uh, American Army intelligence agents show up to meet with Indiana Jones and they tell him that, hey, you're you're a guy that goes out there in the world and gets historical artifacts. So you're good at it. So we want you to get something for us. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? And the agents tell him that these Nazi German forces are excavating in Egypt and one of their telegrams mentions Jones's old mentor, Abner Ravenwood. And immediately, Indy deduces that the Nazis are looking for the Ark of the Covenant, which uh, apparently Hitler believes that it will make his army invincible. Now, this has been explored countless times with Nazis and the occult. Indy does it. Hellboy does it. The Nazis are bad <laughs> wow i feel so educated after you saying that <laughs> guys did you know the nazis are bad wow we're all, we're all learning new things here today on shoot the flick this is an educational show didn't you know yes abner ravenwood is mentioned and indy knows where he has to go yeah so the, the agents basically recruit indiana jones to find the ark before the nazis do and he agrees to do that as long as the government people when everything is said and done they take the ark and they put it in a museum because he's all about the history yes. of indiana jones he wants the the history to be preserved so indy goes home to like pack and he goes with his friend marcus who also works at the university and marcus basically tells him like hey this is really cool and all but like you need to be careful because the arc is very powerful Ooh, mojo it's very scary and indiana's like oh fuck this i don't believe in your hoodoo i believe in history and facts <laughs> magic isn't real the force isn't real <laughs> so indy has to go to nepal the last place he knew Abner and Marion were at. Yes, Marion, who is played by Karen Allen. Actually, we've talked about her before because she was in the movie Scrooged. And she played the love interest in that movie. This movie, she also plays the love interest, but she plays Abner Ravenwood's daughter. And we immediately realize that Marion is a badass bitch. Now, Marion's not on the level of, like, Ripley or... Sarah Connor. No. But she's on that, like, I feel like she'd be, like, that second B tier of badass bitch. I feel bitch. like, you know what it is? The reason I really like Marion is because she seems like an attainable badass. You know what I mean? Like, she's not, she doesn't have all the answers. She's not just, like, an invincible badass like Sarah Connor or Ripley, like you said. But, like, she knows how to handle herself, but she can also get in sticky situations. Like, does she have uh, certain times where she's kind of, like, an annoying damsel in distress? For sure. Like, she's constantly being kidnapped, and <laughs> she there's, a, like, a, uh, a bunch of times where all she's doing is screaming, Indy, Indy, help me! But, like, she's still a badass. Like, I feel like I could be Marion Ravenwood. I could never be Sarah Connor, but I could I could be Marion Ravenwood level badass. Yeah. 
but even when Marion gets in trouble, she does also fight back. Right, exactly. She doesn't take no shit. We get introduced to Marion in arguably one of the coolest ways to get introduced to a character. Yes, I love this scene. She fucking outdrinks this motherfucking huge guy. She's drinking and the guy just fucking passes out. That is like, yeah, Marion can take you, motherfucker. It doesn't matter that you outweigh her by at least a hundred something pounds. <laughs> We're introduced to her. This is her bar that we're in. And Indy shows up and immediately she is very smiley. Oh, so happy to see you, Indy. And then the second he starts talking, she punches him in the face. Yeah. So we have to talk about this. Yeah. We we learn immediately through their conversation that Indy and Marion used to have a romantic relationship. In the novelization of this, Marion was 15 and Indy was 27 when their relationship right. started which is creepy but it's never explicitly said in the movie like how old they were but there is a mention of like oh i was young and in love and he's like oh but you knew what you were doing so it kind of gives off a weird vibe a lot of people have taken this to mean they had sex which adds to the creepiness of right it. no i get it but i totally get it karen allen has said that she thinks of it more like they went on a couple dates they kissed but there wasn't that th- she was in love with him and he left. So she was still in love with yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, she could have been like infatuated with him, like if she was a teenager and he was older. But then again, like in the movies, it's never expressly said like how old he was and how old she was. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to like pick it apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but again, this is also coming from Karen Allen's mouth as she reads the character. Right. No, I totally get that. So oh. I, I take a lot of stock in that as well. So yes, unfortunately, we also learned that Abner Ravenwood, Marion's father, is dead. And Indy basically says, look, I, I have to find this medallion that Abner had collected because it's going to help me find this arc that I need to find. And she basically tells him, like, fuck off. <laughs> but uh, he does leave. And then right afterwards... A bunch of Gestapo agents come in, led by this particularly creepy and sweaty Nazi. (laughs) They arrive at the bar in an attempt to steal the medallion. A fight ensues. Indy shows up and saves Marion. There's a lot of great little moments here. Like, because Marion does fight back. She does hit one of the Nazis over the head with a fucking lit log. Yeah, that's always fun. She does hand Indy a bottle of whiskey to hit somebody over the head. Yeah. What I like about the fight sequences in this movie is kind of similar to what you were saying before, Scott. It's like it feels more realistic. It feels more even matched. Like like Indy's not some kind of Marvel superhero. Like if you look at Marvel movies, for example, now, like it's all like the quick choreography and the fancy footwork. And that's not really what we're dealing with here. It seems more like a real fight. Both Indy and the Nazis want, as we said, this brass medallion. And the, one of the Nazis ends up burning his hand and he brands his hand with half the medallion. Right. And then the, the bar goes up in flames. Indy and Marion barely escape with the medallion. And they immediately are like, okay, we got to work together now because my fucking bar, the only way I make a fucking living is up in flames. You're stuck with me, bitch. So let's go to Cairo. <laughs> Yeah, so they fly to Egypt where we meet one of our last important characters, Sala. Played by John Rhys Davies. And he's a lot of fun. He's a goofy guy. Yes, he's constantly singing 
for some reason. A British tar is a soaring soul as free as a mountain bird. He's kind of like comic relief in a way. He does a lot of mugging for the camera. There's lots of mugging going on, actually, from a lot of side characters, too. Like, it's very odd. Just, like, extras just mugging for the camera for no reason. Yeah, you're in a movie being directed by Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Like, yeah, I'm going to mug for the camera to try and make sure I'm noticed. They're playing around with this monkey who it turns out the monkey is a Nazi sympathizer. Oh, yes, you know. You know all about that whole chestnut. <laughs> So they go to Cairo and they meet up with Sala. So he reveals that Belik is actually helping the Nazis with their excavating. And apparently the Nazis have used the burn on the head Nazi's hand that he got in the fire in Nepal to create an incomplete replica of the medallion. So basically they're getting closer slowly but surely to finding the Ark. And yes. Indy's got to get a step or two ahead of them damn it and that's what he's gonna do <laughs> yeah but in the meantime him and marion are gonna walk around cairo not very stealthily um, no they're just having like a leisurely vacation like they're just having a time eating dates and looking very american and not inconspicuous at all in this nazi ridden foreign country this of course leads to a fight marion's fighting back and he throws her basically into a hay bale she gets carried off. She's trying to run from, like, multiple Nazis. Yeah, we get pretty much one of the most infamous scenes in the movie here as well, where um, Harrison Ford comes upon a sword-wielding gentleman trying to fight with him, and he's flipping his swords around, looking very fancy-schmancy, and then you just see poor Harrison Ford with a look on his face like he's very over it and he decides to just whip out his gun and shoot the guy dead. <laughs> like, bitch, I'm not dealing with this right now. Now, you know the backstory of this, right? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, apparently, Indy shooting the swordsman was not in the script. Harrison Ford was supposed to use his whip to whip the sword out of the guy's hand, but Harrison Ford had food poisoning and he was just too sick to complete the stunt and he's like I don't want to do this can I just shoot him instead and, and Spielberg is like alright and then they successfully shot the scene and it ended up being a happy accident so to speak it really adds to the character like the character becomes a lot more no frills like yeah he's like it's like street smart kind of thing like bitch I'm not all about these fancy schmancy you know yeah i don't need to show off fighting style i don't give a fuck i just want to fucking move along here but marion gets captured in the basket yes she gets kidnapped and thrown in a truck that unknown to indy is filled with explosives so when indy chases after the truck and he actually ends up shooting at it it blows the fuck up and Indy thinks that marion is dead and he is incredibly guilty and he's pretty much distraught he is drinking his sorrows away till bella comes and starts bragging to him about the ark of the covenant and basically that it was his fault that marion was even there in the first place and he wants to shoot Belloc in the face oh yes so very much fortunately he's able to get out of that situation before 
he gets his ass shot by Nazis. <laughs> so Indy has the medallion translated and it shows the correct measurements for an object called the Staff of Ra, which is an item that's supposed to help locate the Ark. And Indy, as well as Sala, both realize that the Nazis are digging in the wrong place. So Indy and Sala decide to infiltrate this digging site and use the medallion and the real Staff of Ra to locate the quote-unquote well of souls which is supposedly supposed to be the ark's resting place so they find the well of souls they find the ark well we do get a funny moment with sala here some guy randomly tries to kill indy by poisoning dates oh yeah and they end up killing the fucking evil nazi monkey so i mean it's not all bad (laughs) indy throws the date into the air and sala grabs it before he like (laughs) oh yeah, yeah yeah that was funny bad dates No ticket. <laughs> no ticket. Oh, but we also get like the cool scene with the staff and the light coming through and hitting the floor in the right way. It's very creative and cool. It's now been done multiple times with oh, light. Yeah. Video games took real advantage of that, making light puzzles. Goddamn light puzzles. <laughs> they realize where they're supposed to dig. Indy and Sala leave the area where they used to staff up Raw, and they're like, okay, we got to go find the Well of Souls. Indy, to avoid some Nazis, he slips into this tent nearby, and when he goes into the tent, he sees a tied-up Marion who has been taken prisoner by Belloc, and he is so happy to see her and that she's alive. He immediately takes the gag out of her mouth and smacks a big kiss on her and i was like oh he likes her he still likes her of course he does but then he decides to just leave her tied up there (laughs) and he's like oh well if i let you go now they're gonna know that i'm here and they're gonna come looking for me so i gotta leave you here element of surprise and all you understand right okay bye (laughs) and she's like don't you fucking leave me here yeah, it, it's it's got it's a funny moment. It, it is funny. And then later when they're reunited, she's like, "You fucking traitor! You left me there." <laughs> He's like, "I was gonna come back." So they go to dig for the well of souls, which where they're supposed to actually dig is maybe a hundred yards away from where everyone else is digging. So not suspicious at all. They're digging with a whole crew, and Indy gets out of his like disguise and puts on his you know his hat and the. The indie garb we all know and stands in the sun. I'm like, they could see Hello. you. <laughs> There's a white guy up there in a big funny hat. Does anyone else notice that? Indy as well as Sala, they do eventually dig up the Ark. And they are, of course, immediately discovered by Belloc and the Nazis who seize the Ark and Sala as well. They grab Sala and take him prisoner. They throw Jones as well as Marion inside the well together and there there are some snakes in there <laughs> yeah there are a lot of snakes in there snakes why did it have to be snakes Belloc though while Jones is finding the Ark of the Covenant he is kind of flirting with Marion oh yes he's a little creep with her although this is a great scene for Marion because she's trying to use her kind of street smarts and her feminine wiles to escape the situation but unfortunately, you know, Nazis being Nazis, they... She's a- yeah, she's outnumbered. Yeah. But that's, again, that's why I like her because, yeah, there are times where she's a damsel in distress kind of cliche. 
but she's not the typical damsel in distress because she is able to handle herself in a lot of ways and even in, even when she's not able to handle herself she still doesn't like cower well i think the thing is the difference between being like a damsel in distress like that we usually see marion fights back every time she can but she also realizes when she's not capable of i can't fight off three nazis right and she doesn't like sit there and cry about it she's just like you know she'll be like a smart ass and like rebel in her own way but she does what she can i guess the nazis end up throwing her into the well with indy indy of course figures out a way to escape with marion crashing through a wall they get out of the tomb seemingly very easily (laughs) yeah i mean you would think because they they built it up when they threw marion in there and left indy to die like they made it seem like oh this thing is sealed and you're gonna fucking die in here (laughs) but then like there's a pretty loose boulder on the side of the thing like you'd think maybe they would have did a quick perimeter sweep there maybe put a big rock in front of the loose (laughs) brick but no they just left which i mean I feel like in a lot of movies like this, adventure movies, what have you, like the villains have to be somewhat incompetent, at least for for things to work out. Very true. The Nazis are, you know, gloating. Uh, they're going to get ready to put the Ark on the plane. And Indy and Marion kind of thwart that. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Indy starts fighting uh, Nazis. He like he fights a normal guy and he like knocks him out, but then he gets this big burly looking motherfucker. Yeah, and you know there's a lot of uh, good sound work in this scene too because there's a lot of just like straight punches and again it feels like a real fight. Most of the body blow sounds in this movie, particularly in this scene, were just uh, a pile of leather jackets being hit by a baseball bat. Sounds good. That actually that works for me. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel like a fake kapow, you know that kind no, of thing. No, it never felt like that. But yeah, Indy's kind of getting his ass kicked by this big, huge guy. That was funny. And like he's when the when the big guy shows up, Indy doesn't even look like scared. He just turns around and he's like, "Oh, damn it, really?" And I like he goes over to him and he like puts his Duke stuff and it's like, "Okay, let's do this." Um, and he gets knocked in his ass like in a second. Yeah, like Marion knocks out the pilot and gets locked in the cockpit but even still with being locked in the cockpit while a plane is spinning she uh mans the fucking minigun and kills a bunch of fucking nazis oh yeah that was funny like she has this bitch this bitch eventually uh indy as he's in the middle of the fight does get knocked down turns over and the Nazi turns around and he gets caught in the fucking blades of the plane. Oh, yeah. That was fucking... I mean, there wasn't any gore, but there was clear blood splatter just, like, all over the fucking place. And I'm like, oh, that was a lot for, I feel like, this movie. I feel like that was probably the bloodiest part of the movie, right? Well... well like, most gruesome, I would say. Well, yeah, it's definitely the most gruesome part. It, it's funny because... You don't think about it, but there's a lot of times where they just kind of cut away from certain things. Right. Like him getting hit by the blades. There's a chase later on in, with Indy in the truck where he like knocks into a motorcycle, but they cut away before and then they cut to the after of the motorcycle in the right, lake. Right, yeah. Because like, we're not paying for that stunt. <laughs> <laughs> now the Nazis 
can't load the ark onto the plane. Right. So they put it in a truck. Yeah, they put it in the truck. Indy and Marion run over to Sala because there's just chaos going on. So they kind of help Sala get free. And they're like, come over here. <laughs> and they all kind of reconvene. And they're like, okay, you and Marion go off and figure out a way for us to transport the ark to London. And in the meantime, I'm going to go over there and get the damn truck <laughs> with the ark in it. And th- this is the point where Sal is like, wait, how are you going to do that? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. I'm making it up as I go. <laughs> Very clearly, Indy. Very clearly. Yeah, legit. This is where we get like the crazy fucking car chase scene with Indy trying to get a hold of this truck. And it starts with Indy on the horse. Of course. Because, I mean, you need... This is the knight in shining armor moment. <laughs> It, it, it's a lot of fun. It, it, like, Indy f- knocks people out of the truck. So he gets shot in the shoulder. He gets thrown out the front window and gets dragged behind the truck. So after they get away with the Ark, they go to this shipyard where Sal has set up transport. And we meet uh, the captain of this ship, Katanga, who's played by George Harris, who also played Kingsley in Harry Potter series. He did? Oh, that was worthy of mentioning. While they're on the ship, Indy and Marion have a very romantic, cute little moment. Oh, the moment where she smacks him in the face with the mirror? I wasn't saying that particular part was romantic. I was talking more about the, you know, the part where she's trying to nurse him back to health and they kiss and it's very cute and then he falls asleep and she's like, God damn it. <laughs> but I do think that they have a, a good amount of chemistry. Although I feel like it would be very difficult not to have chemistry with a man so very handsome and rugged as Indiana Jones. We'll get to some people who don't have the greatest chemistry with Indy, but <laughs> but no, Marion and him have great chemistry. They have very similar kind of him and Leia vibes. Yeah, because Leia was also a badass bitch. Yeah. I think Harrison kind of needs that because he is so... As handsome and as like chiseled as he is, he is kind of bumbling. He needs a strong, forceful woman. Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> Let's stop trying to hook up Indy here. Oh, God. Put him on Match.com. Yeah. Well, um, farmers only. Farmers yeah. only. Um, <laughs> farmers only. <laughs> is there one for archaeologists? Archaeologists only? Bones only. <laughs> and it's spelled with a Z. Bones only. Nice work, Bone Daddy. So, of course, because Nazis being Nazis, they managed to intercept the transport boat. They seize the Ark and Marion. Katanga lies and tells the Nazis that Indy is dead so they don't run around looking for him and the Nazis take Marion put her on their boat and Indy of course secretly sneaks onto the uh, the Nazi boat as well they travel to this island and Belloc says that he intends to test the Ark's power before they hand it over to Hitler en route to this test site Indiana Jones being Indiana Jones, he knocks out a Nazi, steals his uniform. Which leads to a great moment because he tries to like make the uniform fit and it doesn't fit. Yeah, because he's just too buff, too muscly, too many mungy muscles. Well, it'd be too convenient but... if you stole a guy's uniform and it fit perfectly. Well, that's perfectly. true. That happens a lot in movies where like they knock out the bad guy and just steal his outfit. But like that that was kind of funny. They kind of like played on that trope. Like, well, I've tried to steal it, but it doesn't fucking fit. But um, also, he just manages to steal a whole fucking grenade launcher because, sure, you can just steal a grenade launcher. <laughs> He's like, let the girl go. 
or I'm going to blow up the Ark. <laughs> but Belloc knows better. Belloc knows... Indy has dedicated his whole life to finding rare artifacts like the Ark of the Covenant, and he would never... Because he's a nerd. Yes, because he's a nerd, uh, and he would never destroy something so precious to history, even if it did mean, you know, him and Marion would get away. So he does throw down, as Frankie said, his grenade launcher. I think it's a bazooka, but it doesn't really matter. It's a big, scary weapon. (laughs) Okay, it's a big, scary weapon that one should not be able to steal by just being cute, is my point. You shouldn't just be able to walk up to a random, like, open truck and steal a grenade launcher or a bazooka or any kind of giant deadly weapon (laughs) it's also so funny because during this scene all these people are walking with the ark of the covenant and they're surrounded by like foot soldiers who are all in like their uniforms are all yellow and indy's the only one in like a green uniform but he's just like lagging in the back so no one even notices and it's like this is silly like again incompetent villains make movies like this possible (laughs) exactly but indy does surrender and i liked that moment when he does surrender because you just see like his thought process on his face yeah no i hate this fucker but he's right i'm not gonna blow it up and then he just slowly like lowers the weapon and it kind of fades out to this mysterious testing site where they're gonna test the power of the ark of the covenant well i think it's okay because the ark of the covenant is meant to house the original 10 commandments that were brought down by moses and it's supposed to have this great power to talk to god and he's going to have this big thing to test the power of the Covenant. Marion and, of course, Indy are tied up. And before we get to the climax of climaxes in this movie, I thought it would be a good time to bring back an old segment that we used to do so long ago. It is our 100th episode, after all. Ah. I feel it's a special occasion. We should bring back our old favorite segment. Scott, what do you think about doing The, the Cast Could Have You know what? I think we should skip it. <laughs> no, well that's too bad because I already <laughs> turned the page to the notes on the cast could have been so your opinion isn't relevant. Indiana Jones is obviously an iconic character and there were several names in the running to be the iconic character of Indiana Jones. The first one I want to talk about is one that was sp- Steven Spielberg's second choice behind Harrison Ford to play the role. Uh, Mr. Tom Selleck was almost Indiana Jones. And it's funny because Tom, he's he's a good actor, but I can't see it. I can't see... It's If you don't know the name, think of a guy that looks like your dad, but with a big bushy mustache, and that's Tom Selleck. He's a uh, magnum P.I. He's currently on Blue Bloods for the past whatever amount of like seasons. forever years, yeah. <laughs> um, he was on Friends, of course, at the time. But I think at the time, he was a little younger, a little fresher, a little grizzled. I think it could have worked in some universe, although I do feel like it's hard to say because Harrison Ford really has made the character of Indy his own. Yes. However, there, there were other names in the running. Okay, shoot. We have, let's see, we have Sam Elliott. Another mustache gentleman. Oh, yes. We have Mark Harmon of CSI fame, right? CSI? NCIS. NCIS, fuck. I never remember the difference. Okay, NCIS, whatever. Some fucking show that your mom watches. A grandma. (laughs) 
we have Sam Neill, which, by the way, for the million bajillion people that have Netflix, I actually just watched a movie with Sam Neill, written and directed by the great Taika Waititi. It's called Hunt for the Wilder People, and it was fucking awesome. It's on Netflix, and Sam Neill is awesome in it. So if you're in the mood for a, a movie recommendation... There you go. You're welcome. We also have Barry Bostwick, who played Brad in Rocky Horror Picture Show, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. The road was long, but I ran it. Janet. There's a fire in my heart, and you fan it. Janet. If there's one fool for you, then I am it. Janet. I've one thing to say, and that's damn it. Janet, I love you. Okay, sure. And also... Since it's our 100th episode, it wouldn't be complete without a Supernatural reference. Barry Boswick was also on an episode of Supernatural. Of Did you know was. that? No, I didn't. Well, now you do. Now you know because it's Mike's Super Short Show. Yes, I made another Mike's Super Short Show reference because it went over so well when we did it on Homeward Bound. <laughs> um, Let's see. We have Michael Bean, who played Kyle Reese in Terminator. Yeah, okay. And last but not least, you're going to love this one. Are you ready? Yep. Scott, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Are you ready? Are no. you sure? My body isn't bootylicious. Well, let me tell you something. You, you know who is bootylicious? David Hasselhoff. What? What the fuck? David Hasselhoff was being considered at a time for playing Indiana Jones. <laughs> Just let that sink into your soul for a moment. Uh, Just let it sit there and ruminate. <laughs> uh, um, okay. It's just, ew. <laughs> ew. Like, this is before Baywatch, so he's not, yes. he's not even famous for Baywatch. He's, he's Kit in Knight Rider, right? I think by then, yeah. So he's, he's, he's good looking, he's young. Is he? I mean, he's young, but well, is he good looking? For the age. Or does he already look like a big goober? <laughs> I would argue that he's always looked like an arrogant goober. He is. Who doesn't have any reason to be as arrogant as he is. No, he doesn't. But in the 80s, I think a lot of people thought he was very good looking. Oh, you poor, poor 80s women and your terrible eyesight. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. We, we hope you all got Lasix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Oh, my God. You know what's funny? I just looked at my notes again to make sure I didn't miss anyone. And I thought I was saying off the cuff that Barry Bostwick was in an episode of Supernatural. But I actually wrote it in my notes to make sure I didn't forget to say it. Ladies and gentlemen, our audience, if you've listened to any of our episodes before, you know I have a problem, and it still, after 100 episodes, has not subsided. Perhaps I should seek mental <laughs> rehabilitation. I don't know. Maybe you guys need to let me know. You need to advocate for my care. Anyway, so now that we have gone through our cast could have beens, let us move on to the climax of climaxes, yes. which... That phrase has never been more appropriate than right now because this is Raiders of the Lost Ark and this is such an iconic scene. Like this whole sequence at the end, it's, yeah. it's pretty sick. So the Nazis have tied up Indy and Marion. They are now all gathered to open the Ark of the Covenant. Belloc and our two Nazi like generals are opening the Ark of the Covenant and at first nothing happens. 
Yeah, it's just a pile of sand, and they look at it like, what the fuck? Well, that's anticlimactic, but then... <laughs> but then the wind starts to blow. There's lightning in the Ark of the Covenant. Ghosts start appearing. Yes, they're knocking out all the power in the in the testing site. It's very, like, supernatural, cold open. Indian turns to Marion, and he goes, Marion, no matter what, keep your eyes closed. Don't look at it, Marion. <laughs> The ghosts suddenly turn evil, and they start killing all the Nazis. Our, our main Nazis get their faces melted. Oh, uh, yes. It's such, it's such a cool effect watching the face melt away into the skeleton head. Uh, Belloc explodes. <laughs> the melting of the face was very impressive visual effects at the time, and actually it still kind of holds up. I think it does. There's a lot of visual effects in this movie in general. For example, like there's a lot of green screen usage in here, and a lot of that doesn't really look great. The ghosts don't look great. The other ghosts, the ghosties that fly out of the arc aren't like the greatest. It's very much like the movie ghost, actually. <laughs> but like, I'm not even mad about that because it's supposed to be like mystical and yeah. creepy and like, it's okay. But, but like, the main green screen we talk about that doesn't hold up is when they first initially find the Well of Souls. Oh, yeah, because it's just a dark background and it's almost like you can see the outline around Harrison Ford <laughs> as he's standing in front of the screen. But it's okay. Like, in the grand scheme of things, it's really not a big deal. It doesn't take you out of the movie at all but there are some more cool sound things in this sequence for example when the cover to the arc is initially being slid open it's actually just the sound of ben burt's toilet lid being scraped across <laughs> and um after the arc is open and the ghosties and spirits and shit are flying around there are some weird spoopy noises and apparently it is simply human vocalizations along with the cries of dolphins and sea lions so it's just like a cool little like behind the scenes look at the magic of sound editing i feel like it's just really cool and also speaking of animals the the slithering snakes throughout this movie are just ben burt's fingers slushing through cheese casserole cheese casserole yeah which, I mean, I've never had a cheese casserole. I didn't know it was a thing, but it sounds delightful. I love cheese on top of cheese. So, I mean, how can you go wrong there? That's true. But the spirits and ghosties and lions and tigers and bears, oh my, that are coming out of the ark, just kill everybody, blow up Bellic's head like a big fucking meat-filled balloon. And then by the time Indy and Marion open their eyes, all of the Nazis' bodies are completely cleared. They're gone. And, of course, Indy and Marion's bindings are removed because otherwise they're just stuck there in the middle of nowhere and they're tied to a post. But um, also, the Ark is closed once again. Indy and Marion embrace. And, and they have sex on the beach. I'm sure they did, and it was beautiful. Now, <laughs> then we get our epilogue to this pretty epic movie. And in the epilogue, Indy is back home and the government people are saying that Indy is going to get all the credit for finding the Ark and everything is well. And Indiana Jones is like, but where's the Ark? What did you do with it? And one of the government guys is like, we have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. Which I didn't realize when I saw that joke on Family Guy that that's what it was from. Well, the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, I, I know that joke. Of course, the Ark is being placed in Area 51. 
fun oh is that what it's supposed to be yeah it's area 51. i just it just goes in like a box and it's like pushed into a fucking like warehouse i didn't realize it was area 51 yes it is area 51 oh it's so weird but the movie ends with indy and marion walking off together arm in arm to g- grab a nice beverage to celebrate the fact that again they weren't killed by nazis or ghosts or ghost nazis which i think is a victory in itself now okay i love the way this ends my issue becomes Marion doesn't show up again until movie four. My issue with this is we Ghostbuster to this. You've connected with these two as a couple. You want these two to be together. Just like you wanted Bill Murray to be with Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters 2. And they weren't together. And you're like, why are we doing this? I, okay. Here's my thing. I get what you're saying. And I, I do agree to an extent because I would have really dug it if Marion came back in the sequel either of the sequels before four but the thing is it's not an uncommon thing for these types of movies to kind of interchange love interest the idea is that indiana jones is like this grand adventurer and he flies by the seat of his pants and he he loves the thrill of the chase and like he's not a let's settle down and make a home together and bake cookies like he's not that kind of dude maybe he should be now because he's like 105 (laughs) so maybe in the fifth movie because did they end up getting together in the fourth movie yeah, but it was kind of similar to this one where it's like, oh, yeah, they're together at the end because... Uh-huh, but we don't know if it's stuck. So maybe it'll stick in the fifth movie. Who knows? Marion's also not really Susie Homemaker. Right. Well, then there you go. So, the, you know, and they're both, I would assume, they're still pretty young at this point. So, like, yeah, they're not going to settle down. They're not done adventuring yet and swashbuckling. Yeah, but... Uh, like, co- they're not pirates, but you know what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> Either way, I understand. Like it just it does. Well, it was the only thing, because as the sequels go, three is of course the next best one. Yeah, I would agree. But although I will say, I, when I saw Temple of Doom, I knew people generally didn't like Temple of Doom. But I like Temple of Doom. I I dig it. Temple of Doom is it, it's fine. I think the issue comes with Temple of Doom. I mean, I don't like the the girl in it. I don't even remember yeah. her fucking name. But, like, I didn't really That's... like her. But, like, I was able to overlook it because I liked Indy, obviously, and I like Short Round. So well, I th- kind of got over it. But anyway, we're, get, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The point is, I totally understand what you're saying about Marion because I really liked her and I really liked their chemistry. But it is what it is. We get what we get and we can't get upset. Except, you know, we're movie people that review movies and bitch and moan about movies, so we can get upset, but we shouldn't, because it is what it is. (laughs) Exactly. That was Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, and more importantly, it was our 100th episode. Very exciting. Yes. We are going to be continuing with the rest of the Indiana Jones series every month through the end of 2021. I'm very excited to revisit these movies and to see the fourth movie for the first time, even though Scott tells me I'm not going to like it. and I probably won't, but that's okay. I still want to see it. <laughs> I'm excited. We have hit a special landmark of 100 episodes, and I hope there will be many much more. Yes, yes, I do as well. Frankie, what did you rate Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark? 
So I gave Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, a four and a half out of five stars. I had a great deal of fun with this movie. Now, I have Raiders rated a five out of five. Yeah, a couple of the effects don't hold up. Hell, we've advanced so much in technological aspects, it's kind of crazy at this point. Yeah, but the fact that a lot of them do hold up is a good testament to the movie. Of course, and everybody does their job very well. Again, Indy and Marion are perfect. It is one of those great movies. I have seen it a million times. I will probably see it a million times more. When we have our kids, I can't wait to show it to our kids. But next week, I will be showing Scott a movie that I like a great deal i haven't seen it in a while so i'm excited to revisit it but until then this has been shoot the flick an official paradoja podcast i'm frankie sparks and i'm scott eisenberg i thought you were gonna say scott jones (laughs) i I thought about it but i'm like indiana jones indiana scott jones make sure you check us out on instagram and twitter at shoot the flick and check out our weekly episodes every single wednesday on itunes spotify google podcast and our hat radio and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast and thank you guys for sticking around with us for 100 episodes and make sure you come back next week for our splendiferous, excitable movie adventure.